Our second reading picks up the story in verse 10. It's Acts 9, 10 through 20. Now there was a disciple in Damascus named Ananias. The Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias, he answered, here I am, Lord. The Lord said to him, get up and go to the street called Straight. And at the home of Judas, look for a man of Tarsus named Saul. At this moment, he is praying and he has seen a vision of a man named Ananias come in and lay hands on him so that he might regain his sight. But Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much evil he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has the authority from the chief priest to bind all who invoke your name. But the Lord said to him, go, for he is an instrument whom I have chosen to bring my name before Gentiles and kings and before the people of Israel. I myself will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. So Ananias went and entered the house. He laid his hands on Saul and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on your way here, has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes and his sight was restored. Then he got up and was baptized. And after taking some food, he regained his strength. For several days, he was with the disciples in Damascus. And immediately he began to proclaim Jesus in the synagogues saying, he is the son of God. We celebrate the written word of scripture. Thanks be to God. We celebrate the living word, Christ among us. Thanks be to God. Please pray with me. Holy God, in word and in sacrament, may you draw us more closely to you. May you open our hearts to see all the ways that we are beloved and claimed by you, to see all the ways that we are called to live life together. Amen. We've heard this story before. Just a couple months ago, the story of the Apostle Paul's transforming experience of the risen Christ on the road to Damascus. I think it was back in February, we heard Paul's version of the story in 1 Corinthians, one of his short versions. Paul, looking back on this moment, how he had persecuted the early church, how he had experienced the risen Christ and resurrection, how he had been transformed, forgiven, and called. But I am the least of the apostles because I persecuted the church. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and God's grace was not without effect. A humbled Paul. This morning's scripture is the rest of the story the more detailed version that we read in the book of Acts, which, as we know, is likely a sequel to the Gospel of Luke, a different writer, not Paul writing this. Luke tells the story of what happened on that road, of the apostles Paul, Paul's account, encounter with the risen Christ, and then of his experience with Ananias, one of the people 
he had been hunting down. And all the life that flowed from that. In the book of Acts, this is the story of two men, Paul and Ananias. Now maybe we should rewind just a bit when we pick up this story. It's important to remember that Paul is not yet the hero of the church. He's not yet the Apostle Paul. He still has his old name, Saul of Tarsus. You can think of Paul as the Apostle formerly known as Saul. Saul is devout and zealous, committed to the law. To him, the followers of Jesus in these early days, a movement called The Way, to him they are radical and a threat a threat to law and order, so he's tracking them down, imprisoning them, and bringing them into the religious courts. Saul is there approving when the crowds stone Stephen to death. Saul, who someday will become Paul, is not a nice guy. And when we encounter him this morning, he is on the road again. Scripture says, breathing threats and murder. Saul has his latest assignment. He's obtained letters from the authorities to round up these people who call themselves the way, women and men, and to bring them in for prosecution. But on the road to Damascus, Saul is stopped in his tracks. He encounters the risen Christ first in a bright, blinding light and then in a voice, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Saul replies, Lord, who are you? I am Jesus Christ who you are persecuting. And then the voice of the risen Christ says, get up and go into Damascus and you will be told what to do. And then all is quiet. There Saul is, the mighty persecutor lying in the road, He opens his eyes, but he can't see. Saul's companions stand there speechless. They take him and lead him by the hand into the city where he will encounter Ananias. We have talked about Paul's experience of the risen Christ and what it meant to Paul. This morning... I want to think some about what it meant to Ananias. This other guy in the story, what did Paul's experience of resurrection mean for Ananias? So Saul, Paul, is raging around, persecuting the followers of the way. He's rounding them up, taking them to be imprisoned and tried. He's knocked to the ground by his experience of the risen Christ, left without sight, basically carried into the city helpless, and the scene shifts. The risen Christ now comes to Ananias in a vision and says, Ananias, get up and go help this guy Saul. Lay hands on him and heal him so that he might regain his sight. Go help Saul. This guy who just yesterday was hunting you down, breathing threats and murder, go help Saul. What does Saul's experience of the risen Christ mean for Ananias? 
well as a first thing, Ananias is being called to go risk his life. And Ananias names that Saul from Tarsus. But Lord, I've heard about this guy, all the evil he's doing to the people you love, and now he has official orders to round us all up. Saul is hunting down followers of the way. Ananias is a follower of the way. Ananias is being called to go serve one whom he sees as both an enemy and a threat. Saul, who is breathing threats and murder. Saul, who is hunting you down. You go find him and you go help him. The risen Christ says to Ananias, this Saul, he is my beloved too, who I am choosing and calling to bring my good news more broadly than anyone has ever imagined to Gentiles and kings and every family on the earth. Ananias is being asked to re-envision Saul, to see him differently, to see him as God's beloved too, even as the breath of Saul's threats is still warm in the air. Ananias this Saul is my beloved too. You go, lay hands on him, heal him, help him. By now I've told you more than a few stories from the many trials that Janie Spar faced in the national church over the years. For those who may not know her yet, Janie is a lesbian minister who came out in the early 1980s. The national church has changed since then. But back then, and until pretty recently, what followed her coming out was a number of prosecutions and trials in the national church to shut down her ministry. Janie was already an experienced pastor, and not long after she came out, the downtown church in Rochester, New York, called her to be their pastor. But a prosecution and a lengthy trial ensued, and the national church eventually held that Janie could keep her ordination, but that as an out lesbian, she couldn't pastor a church. During those trials and those early days, what people said was vicious. The downtown church hired her anyway in a different role to be an evangelist of God's expansive, inclusive love throughout the church, and we, we have witnessed that over the years. As Janie ministered within the LGBTQIA community over the years, she celebrated the marriages of same-gender couples, honoring our families and our loves, and prosecutions and trials followed that too. You know, I was one of the attorneys who represented her in those trials. The last of those trials was not long after California said that our marriages were legal, and still the Presbyterian Church prosecuted Janie for the marriages of all the same gender couples she had married. And at the trial, the couples testified to love and marriage and their faith in Jesus and Janie's pastoral care. It was an amazing three days of testimony. But the church court, convened in a fellowship hall at a church in Napa, found her guilty. 
They found first that what Janie was doing did embody the gospel of Jesus Christ, and they thanked her for that. But then they said, but we are constrained. Constrained to follow what they thought were the rules of the church. I think I've told you that part of the story before, and some of you were there that day. I'm pretty sure that Anne and Virginia were there with us that day. Not long after that trial, I went to a presbytery meeting. And as I walked up, the first people I encountered were three of the judges who had found Janie guilty. They called me over, they eagerly greeted me and started to explain, Scott, of course you understand. We were just doing what we had to do. Our hands were tied. We hope that things go well on appeal. Never what a trial lawyer wants to hear from the court who is found against him. Now the church has changed. We know that. We wouldn't be here today if it hadn't. But in that moment, I had seen what they did to Janie. I had heard the couples she had married weep in that fellowship hall. And in that moment with those judges, well, I, I was not my best self. I don't remember exactly what I said. But it was essentially this. You know what you did. I went immediately to find Janie and told her the story. Can you believe it, Janie? Can you believe the nerve? And here is what Janie said to me. Scott, we have to let people apologize however they need to. Can you believe that? Such grace. After all the prosecution and years of pain, Janie Spar said, we have to let people apologize however they need to. I wonder how many times in my broken moments I have needed folks to extend grace like that to me. To let me apologize however I need to. What I experienced in that moment was what I already had come to know, that for James Farr, the gospel of Jesus Christ really is good news for everyone. For everyone. Look at what Ananias does next. He experiences the risen Christ. Go find Saul. Go help Saul. This man who is breathing threats and murder, who is hunting you down. Go find Saul. And Ananias goes and finds Saul. He walks into the room where Saul sits unseeing. He places his hands on Saul. He says, Brother Saul, Brother Saul, God has sent me so that you might see again be filled with the Holy Spirit. Ananias reaches out and touches Saul, calls him brother, heals him, and shares with him the gift of Holy Spirit, the gift of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit descending into Saul in the 
hands of his brother Ananias. And Saul opens his eyes and sees. And then, then Ananias baptizes him. In just a moment, we will celebrate a baptism. In baptism, we celebrate and name that each and every one of us is a child of God. We affirm that we are created in the image of God, each and every one of us in the broad diversity of God's creation. We are claimed in the waters of baptism as God's own, and we are named beloved, God's own beloved. In the waters of baptism, all our brokenness is washed away and healed. Plunging into the water, we enter into the death and resurrection of Jesus, just as Jesus entered into the fullness of our life and death, rising up together in the bright dawn of the new day of resurrection. We proclaim together that we are part of God's new creation, God's goodness. God's goodness planted more deeply in us and in the whole world more deeply than all that is wrong. We celebrate our baptism. And, and in our baptism, we are baptized into community, into a family of all God's children, you and me and Ananias and Saul, one family, one body. You see, when your identity is in Christ, and my identity is in Christ. We are in Christ together. There is no separation. In Christ, we are baptized into life with each other. There's that moment in this morning's scripture when Ananias lays hands on Saul and prays for Saul, the man whom only yesterday Saul has been hunting down. Brother Saul, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And scripture says that the scales fall from Saul's eyes and he sees, imagine that, he sees Ananias. There they are together and in his experience of resurrection, the first face that Saul sees is the face of his brother Ananias. Now from this transforming experience of the risen Christ, the Apostle Paul will come to insist on the welcome of all people. It is a welcome that he first experiences in Ananias. In Ananias' words, in his touch, in his prayer, in his healing, in Ananias' face-to-face presence in the midst of Saul's deepest need, it is grace and resurrection that we experience in each other together. In just a moment, we will celebrate a baptism, the baptism of Phoebe Chavez. Phoebe has said to her mom, that she's excited to be a part of this church because she knows that at this church, everyone is welcome. As we celebrate this baptism and our own baptism, we experience resurrection. 
life and love so much bigger than we ever imagined right here, right now, and on into forever. Friends, it is no small thing. It is no small thing that today and every Sunday we say this. Whoever you are, wherever you are on your spiritual journey, there is a place for you here. Here.